Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy May Day. May Day. May the 1st. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, www.allamericangold.com. Yes, allamericangold.com. Dot com. Make it part of your favorite. You can do, I mean, you can do everything. We got the articles. We got the videos. We've got the podcast. We, we've got Twitter and Facebook. I mean, you can order. You can, Whatever you need, it's, it's all right there for you at allamericangold.com. Uh, speaking of Facebook, all as I can do is offer... My incredible apologies. You know, we've been running uh, these contests, and, and we just ended the over the weekend. The gold contest ended, and I know that some of the guesses had disappeared. Uh, Facebook made a change. We had nothing to do with it, uh, but believe it or not, the winner of the contest was one of the people who's guests had disappeared uh and and it was funny because i was i was a little panicked (laughs) like what am i going to do there's no way to recover them we tried to talk to facebook and it just so happened the guy that won is a football fan and his facebook thing is a has a uh an lsu tigers uh, logo on it, and it had caught my eye. And plus, he had written something kind of, kind of funny. And I just read, remembered his what his guess was, and he was actually within uh, less than two dollars uh, away from what the actual price was. So, congratulations uh, to Lynn. Uh, he was the winner. I know that it was one of our one of our listeners, one of our friends called it bogus absolutely it was a bill and ted it was bogus uh i apologize uh before we run another contest we're going to make sure that we're doing everything right and that does not happen again uh but congratulations to lynn i mean he was 1268 bucks and change so i mean he was almost right on it pretty pretty impressive uh but it is may the first Yes, May Day is here, and people are protesting all over the world. You know, I think this is what we should do. I really, I had this this epiphany. And, you know, there's teachers protesting in Philadelphia, I think, in Chicago, and, and you know, people protest for everything anymore. Uh, I know, like, in France, they had to get out the tear gas. I mean, all kinds of craziness going on. Maybe what we should do is turn May the 1st into protest day. But that's the only day you can protest. Like, everybody just, you know, think about it. The retailers could run ads, right? You know, they could have uh, the poster board and the Sharpies and the markers, right? Maybe bed sheets, uh, you know, flags, you know, and, and have the uh, all the different... Uh, you know, uh, like in this case here at home, you can have like the Trump figurines and all those things that people like to burn and stomp on and 
all that nonsense, right? I mean, think about it. We could make it into a whole big event, right? And everybody could, uh, you know, pick their cause to go protest. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, it really, it's incredible. There, and there are, well, you know, as we said, all of this divide, all of this anger, and it's, and it's something where, uh, as I watch all of these things play out, and I try not to pay attention, but it, I just thought about it. You know what? We should embrace it. I mean, right? The you would have like all of the the companies that do the poster boards and the sharpies and like Crayola, right? Their stocks could rally going into the May Day uh, protest. <laughs> Right, you know, bull horns and all that stuff, right? I mean, you can make a, I mean, just turn it into a whole big thing. And, and you know, you could talk about it with at the uh, the barbecue, if you had a barbecue over the weekend. Hey, what are you guys protesting tomorrow? And, oh, you know, well, we're going to protest this. And, you know, it, and it, I mean, you can really, I mean, we'll just turn it into a whole big thing. I mean, we can close the schools, you know, for the day, right? And and they can march around. <laughs> then you're going to have to deal with the seasonally adjusted sales of the protest day. Yes, right. You'd have to factor that in. <laughs> it was snowing that day, therefore there were not as many protests as planned. You know, right? We we closed it down, and people get, you know, be, it might be like a government holiday, right? What are you protesting? The government... <laughs> You know, it'd be perfect. You know, and think about all the great exercise people could be getting, right? Walking down, you know, uh, uh, walking down the the streets or whatever it may be, or I don't know. I was just thinking that could be just a you know a great idea. Hey, every every May the first May Day May Day, it's protest day. Everybody get out their poster boards and their sharpies, and uh, I want you know what. I was trying to think about what would I be protesting, and I really—I mean, for me, it'd be so I'd protest the Federal Reserve. Absolutely, that's exactly what that in taxes. I mean, they just rob us. But you know, that's just me. What are you going to protest? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. We can protest the protesting. <laughs> That's actually brilliant. Actually, I can't take credit for that. I read somewhere that some of the protests that were going on in France today were actually doing that. They were protesting uh, the protesting. Uh, Two big people out today. Uh, Ben Bernanke was on TV today. And I'm like, why is he on TV? And then I realized, apparently, his book is now out on paperback. Uh, the courage stack. Do not buy it. It's actually one of the worst written. I, I read a lot of books. It was terrible. And, and in this part, terrible in this part, very just chock full of boring minutia uh, that really said nothing. And uh, the, I mean, once you read the first three or four chapters, you really read everything. All the rest of it was just in my opinion, right? My opinion, it really wasn't uh, worth the read. Uh, but it, it was out in paperback, so they had him on 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 the idiot box today, and and he wanted some credit for how great the economy was. I'm not kidding. 
And I'm like, the GDP was the worst in over three years. But he wants credit for how good it is. And I don't blame him. Right? Because look at everybody's talking about how great it is. Well, I guess they want you to believe that's how great it is. Uh, but the actual the actual numbers say otherwise. Uh, and then he also, I will say this, there was something I actually agreed with him on. You know, and this is, I think, one of those things where uh, common ground could be found. He talked about the border tax and said, yeah, there's some appeal there. You know, which really means what? Hey, yeah, we've been getting screwed here for a long time. All the rest of the things he had to say were was, was nonsense, but they weren't there to to do anything but butter him up. You know, it's almost like, you know, why are you there? And then the president's treasury secretary, Steve Mnuchin, he was out on TV, and he... Uh, he wanted people to know that the White House is going to push for eliminating all loopholes. So this didn't make the one-page cut from last week, right? The, and, and you know what's so funny is it's got no chance. I wish it had a chance. It doesn't. But apparently this week they've decided to add... Oh, and by the way, we are going to eliminate all loopholes except the mortgage interest, so like the interest on your home, and charitable giving. According to Steve Mnuchin this morning, he called it the Mnuchin Principle. The idea that eliminating most deductions and lowering the rate would benefit middle-income earners, not necessarily reduce the effect, the effective tax bills of wealthier Americans. See, because the wealthier get all the loopholes. I guess, I guess that's the, you know, the, the way I'm going to say it. You know, he didn't say that, but he kind of inferred, the wealthy get all these loopholes. You know, here's the question. If that was really true, which I don't believe, but let's just take it at face value, why would we need any more tax accounts if there are no deductions? Right? If you only, you know, mortgage and charity, that's it. Uh, the chief of staff was out, everybody was out on the weekend, but that was what Mnuchin added. So now we have a new line. So we've got one page in a sentence. The sentence being that they are going to eliminate all deductions. Well, he didn't even say that. Eliminating most deductions. And that the the ones that they wanted to, to eliminate. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. It's Monday. Got to retrain myself. All loopholes except mortgage interest and charitable giving uh, was what the Treasury Secretary had to say today. And then in some good news, the Congress looks like it's going to pass the budget for the last five months of the year. (laughs) 
We, we're seven months, through, but for the last five months, they think they've nailed it. And this ought to give us all pause, because here's what wasn't in it. They gave Donald Trump um, about half of what he asked for for the military, right? We're going to, the strongest, the best. Uh, they He wanted $30 billion. He didn't get it. I think he got $15 billion. Uh, there is no border wall. However, they, they he asked for $3 billion more for border security. He got $1.5 billion for that. And then it kind of looked like at least what I could tell. Standard, uh, everything goes on as is. Uh, Planned Parenthood got funded. Uh, Obamacare got funded. Everything got funded. And it, I didn't see anywhere where they took any spending out, <laughs> which is kind of the problem. Uh, but nonetheless, it appears that the government workers can can rest easy now. They will not be uh, furloughed. The federal government looks like it's going to pass the $1.1 trillion spending bill. And here's the thing that, that really should put it all in perspective for you. We spend over $4 trillion. So when you think about, well, we're going to finally pass the $1.1 trillion budget, that just tells you how little we really can affect the, the actual budgets. Because Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, I mean, they eat up most of that money. And you throw on the interest on the debt, Right, that just leaves, you know what, you only got about a trillion dollars left. That's why I said if you cut everything, everything, we may, may, and it'll be close, we may have a balanced budget, but we'd have no military, right? We'd have no court system, we'd have, we'd have nothing. And that's, that's 1.1 trillion dollars like i said the only the only two things that i saw on there uh was about 16 billion dollars or so more for defense and border security and then everything else just kind of got a pass by the way and i want to put this on the record so we have a new starting point the atlanta federal reserve says the gdp for the second quarter, 4.3%. And then now we'll watch it. I'm going to actually put it on the wall up here. And we'll keep tabs as we get you know closer to the end of June where that number heads. But I just, it's the first time I've seen it. Uh, they're now uh, their first guess for what the GDP for the second quarter, they start out at 4.3. That's actually a good sign because they, I think they started out at 3.2 or 3.4 in the first quarter, and they finished at at uh, two tenths. Right, we ended up getting seven. So at 4.3, kind of using the same math, at least we'll get a number over one. You know, maybe even you know maybe we got a chance for a number over two, uh, which. In the second and third quarters, I think could happen. Uh, but one other thing, Ben Bernanke said because they did ask this question based on the one page, 
that Donald Trump gave as his tax cut proposal. That they said, hey, remember last week we talked about how they're now saying, hey, we could get 3% GDP growth. Ben Bernanke said that, uh, and I don't want, I'll paraphrase here, but he doubted that number. He did not believe, even with the largest tax cut most likely in history, and that was only, let's face it, if he got everything he wanted, which he won't get, but if he did, it'd been the largest tax cut in the history of the country, and even that would not get 3% GDP. And then Steve Mnuchin, uh, he said it's going to take them several years. So that's kind of where we stood on, on both of those. And and it's kind of really kind of interesting, isn't it? We're sitting there. The Nasdaq's at a new all-time high. The Dow's right near an all-time high. Uh, the GDP was the worst growth in three years. Uh, by at least I haven't heard anything from the Federal Reserve, but apparently we're still on this rate hiking cycle. Uh, they they say that even with the largest tax cut the world's ever seen, we can't get to three percent GDP. So why are stocks round? And and I've been wondering that. And on CNBC today, that someone actually was thinking about it as well. Here's why earnings are so outstanding. Now I didn't know they were outstanding, but you know this is Wall Street. Even though the U.S. economy is barely growing. And here's what they said. Strong global growth is making up for lack of activity domestically. S&P 500 companies that generate more than half of their revenues overseas are posting quarterly earnings growth of 20%. <laughs> so when you look at, hey, who's all the stocks that are doing really well, those are the ones that really what don't do, well, as the article says, over half their business is somewhere else. So far this earnings season, the less a U.S. company is exposed to the United States, the better its results. I can't say it better. So far this earnings season, the less a U.S. company is exposed to America, the better the results. They say that uh, if you're generating over half of your income overseas. And by the way, if you want to know how many that is, 60% of the S&P 500 has already reported their results. They say that this helps to explain the gap between the quarterly results and the sluggish data coming out of the United States. We are seeing pickups and growth that's outside the U.S., but it's being reflected in the earnings number. And they said that 46% 
of S&P 500 sales overall come from foreign markets. So you think about the whole S&P 500. 46% now of all sales, all revenue, comes from overseas. I mean, we're essentially almost there where, what, all these companies are, what, (laughs) hey, we're getting out. The U.S. is still the largest economy, but it's no longer the growth engine of the world and uh, has led to U.S. firms being more dependent on China and commodities markets have surprised in the first quarter of this year. So there you have it. Why is the Dow doing so good? (laughs) The less exposure to America you have, the better you did, apparently. Patriot Radio News Hour, it's halftime. We'll be back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast delivering a conservative pro-family perspective since 1983. As an author, speaker, and the founder of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Mrs. Schlafly spent an astounding 70 years in public service, protecting and defending the Constitution, the unborn, and America's sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. The President of the United States is often called the most powerful man in the world. But the forces arrayed against Donald Trump are unprecedented. To the 63 million Americans who voted for him, the campaign to undermine President Trump is downright frightening. The first sign of trouble came when the president's national security advisor, Mike Flynn, was forced to resign. A telephone call between General Flynn and the Russian ambassador was wiretapped by one of our intelligence agencies, and its contents were leaked to the press. We still don't know if the Flynn wiretap was properly authorized by a court order, and Judicial Watch is suing to find out. But we do know that whoever leaked its secret contents to the press is guilty of a felony. With blood in the water, the so-called deep state went to work against Trump's other appointees, such as Attorney General Jeff Sessions. As Rush Limbaugh commented, they're trying to isolate Trump from the people he trusts, from the best people around him. The term deep state was coined to mean the permanent governing class, the people who really exercise power regardless of who is elected. Also known as the shadow government, the deep state includes our intelligence collecting agencies such as the CIA, NSA, and the FBI. On his way out the door in January, Barack Obama made a drastic change in the way these intelligence agencies operate. As reported by the New York Times, Obama wanted to make sure that raw intelligence was widely shared across many government agencies where it could then be easily leaked to the press. With Obama's support, according to the Times, there was a push to process as much raw intelligence as possible and to keep the reports at a relatively low level of classification to ensure as wide a readership as possible across the government. This had the effect of leaving a trail of breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs of unverified information were then leaked to the mainstream media, a vast industry devoted to generating fake news against President Trump and his supporters. As Steve Bannon said to the White House Press Corps, the media have become the opposition party to this president. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators who slant coverage are finally being exposed. Best of all, you can deliver truth on the blog at pseagles.com. 
Join that conversation at pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Buying, selling, trading, whatever your hard assets needs are, uh, we can help you. Uh, you want to open up an IRA, you want to close an IRA, you want to start the metals plan, whatever it is, we, we can help you. Uh, we've helped, gosh, I don't even know what the number is, but tens of thousands. What's that, Wendy? It's, a million. it's not that many people, but uh, 800-951-0592, that is our toll-free number. Uh, there was economic data out today, uh, retail sales. Again, right? One of those that used to be a really important number, right? Consumers, how are they doing? Are they spending? Uh, no growth, no growth whatsoever. Uh, consumer uh, spending was zero. It what didn't go down, didn't go up. Uh, but zero, well below expectations. And this is kind of, right again, one of the mysteries. You know, if the jobs market is good, which, by the way, Goldman Sachs now, uh, since the Federal Reserve won't say it, Goldman Sachs will say it for them, we are now at full employment, again. So, I mean, you can't get better than that. I mean, what happens after full? We've got overflowing jobs. I mean, I, I don't know. But retail spending flat. And, and the answer really is simple. The biggest problem is we've never had this kind of debt before, ever. And I'm not talking about the federal government, the states, the cities, the school districts. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Chicago school. This is how bad things are. They can't make their bond payment for their pension fund. And they said that they're going to cancel summer school, close school early, right? Anyway, I know we said we're going to get out. And I don't know when Chicago gets out. June 10th. But but we're out of money, so we're going to close on June 1st instead. I mean, oh, by the way, and I did forget one other thing. There was one other thing in that uh, budget. We're giving money to Puerto Rico for them to make their, uh, uh, I think it's their Medicare payment. They, they don't have the money. Uh, so technically Puerto Rico has defaulted again. But we don't want to say that because that would be bad, right? You don't want to say that. People might think that that's bad, right? We don't want to talk about the Chicago teachers' pensions funds that they may have to. Of course, that's been going on forever, right? But now, I mean, it's here. But forget about all of that stuff. Because a lot of people are like, well, that's, you know, Chicago's problem. I live in Phoenix. I live in Denver. 
That's not my problem. But it is. Because we're all going to end up paying for it. Look at Puerto Rico. I don't live in Puerto I've never been to Puerto Rico. I'm sure it's a very nice place. I'm sure they're very nice people. But do I need to bail them out? And the answer is I don't even get a say, of course. But when you look at the debt at a personal level, at a household level, it's never been this high before, ever. And that's saying something. We've got very sluggish economic growth. All the things that they used to do to make it better have stopped working. Right? They've loaded up every dot. Now, listen, you're, as all of you know, my son is, my oldest son is a junior in high school. And we are, I mean, we're like hoping beyond hope for a football scholarship. Because how do you pay for it? It's and and you know what's funny is as we've started in this process and these schools have been reaching out and and the schools you know he's not good enough to to play at at ASU or U of A and, and I shouldn't even say good enough uh, I should say he doesn't have the measurables right he, he doesn't run four five you know he runs four seven he, he's not six two or six three. You know, he's 5'10". But these these schools, uh, you know, whether it be Colorado Mesa, Colorado School of Mines, uh, whether it be uh, University of San Diego, University of Montana, Montana State, these schools cost a fortune. I mean, some of these schools that I he's being uh, recruited by, I've never heard of before. And then you go online, right, and they ask you, don't fill this thing out, give us some information, and, and you see the cost of these quote-unquote affordable schools. They're 25 to 30 grand. Some of the schools that are recruiting him cost us over forty thousand dollars, forty grand. And this is not Harvard. <laughs> He's not going to to uh, to Penn. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to Columbia or Yale. He's not going to MIT. He's not going to Stanford. And you start to really get a, a feel for how quickly this changed. College was never that expensive. Even when I, you know, I, I make fun of Ben Bernanke. When he went, you know, he went, it was $4,000 for room, board, and everything. And now you're looking at these schools, and, and I'm scared because I didn't actually factor in the out-of-state cost. I was just going, you know, just going off the the advertised cost on the website. And then you think about credit card debt record. We've never had so much. So student loan debt, by the way, student loan debt now, it's the second 
We have more student loan debt than any other outside of mortgage. Automobile debt. Biggest ever. And you kind of almost kind of see what we, really what we did is, is we traded growth for debt. And then you reach that point where once the debt has gotten to kind of like the capacity level, you can't get any more growth. Kind of sound familiar? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Trading Group. That is our toll-free number. Buying, selling, trading. You know, we don't talk about trading a lot, but great time to trade out of your bullion. You know, one of the things, you know, and everybody has a a different methodology, if you will. Ours has always been very, very simple, which is buy as much of the right gold and silver that you can. And that right one is, hey, it allows you to be as private as possible. And really, really important, uh, especially not just when you buy. Too many people only think about that, right? I, I well, I want to buy the the cheapest thing possible, and that's that's all well and good. But you also have to remember what the ramifications are when you sell them back. And our philosophy's really been really, really simple. We like you to sell you things that when you sell them back to us, I don't have to take your Social Security number. I don't have to 1099 you. I don't have to do anything other than write you a check and tell you to have a nice day. Which, the way the tax laws are written here in the United States makes that pretty simple which is, hey, buy U.S.-minted materials, and you'll be, by and large, you're going to be okay. Then the last thing that we factor into is, and especially now, you know, we, we, we kind of understand now probably a little better than we did 20 years ago that the chances of the government confiscating gold uh, are back, right? We kind of see the the emergence of this cashless society, uh, the government trying to prevent, trying to prevent you from uh, ha- storing cash, right? Because they 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 want full control, and they don't want you to have that ability uh, to hedge against the currency by getting rid of cash, they force everything into the bank. And all as we do is we look back at, at history. And when you look at the Act of 1933, and I know it's kind of hard because it's, it's written a little more proper English and, and a much more a legal lawyer-esque type form, which all the bills, uh, once they're really passed, have. But there is only one gold type of gold you could keep. In other words, if you were you were a jeweler, 
Okay, that was your profession. You could have gold, right, to make what? Jewelry out of. They let dentists have some gold, right, because they needed to make what? Teeth and filling. Uh, and then an artist, if he was going to do some form of a, a sculpture or something that had some gold, could get it. But that was it. The regular citizenry, you had to turn it in. And you could not own any gold from 1933 all the way till 1971. You couldn't own it in this country. Well, and I should say you couldn't unless you happen to just by chance have a certain type of gold before they confiscated. And that was collectibles. That was the only type of gold you could keep. Which, let's face it, 99.9% of Americans probably didn't know anything about collectibles and definitely didn't own any. And that really didn't mean a whole lot in 19, even in 1971, because the United States didn't mint any gold, and all that foreign gold, they just they take all of that stuff. Can't keep that. Until they got to around the, the, the 80s when Reagan was in, they decided, hey, we, we're the United States, and we're, we're going to mint gold and silver again. And when they did that, they they did something that I thought was interesting, which was they said any of the pre-33 gold that remained. As most of you know, the majority of the pre-33 gold got melted down and put into Fort Knox. That's how the story goes. The gold that remained, and you're like, well, how did it remain if they recalled it all and they were melting it all down? And the answer was really simple. All of that gold, when they they recalled, was overseas. Because the United States was a huge trading partner, right? We actually were, uh, we ran trade surpluses back back in that time, right? Think about that. It's amazing that we haven't run a trade surplus in over, what, so something like 40-some years now. But we used to run trade surpluses. And so all of these 20s uh, were, you know, primarily in Europe, but they were all over the world. But they put a line in there that said that all that pre-33 gold that remained was now a collectible. And then remember what was I think it was last week or the week before I did that piece about IRA, and I told you how the IRS has added some language to the tax code concerning the IRAs, right? Warning you again about you can't store them at home. Well, one of the things that they said in there is, by the way, we only allow you to have certain types of gold in those IRAs. Of course, we'll talk about what gold you can't have in there when we return. Final segment, and we're talking about the what the IRS added to the tax code. 
thing that they mentioned in there is, by the way, we 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 tax capital gains on gold and silver uh, at the collectible tax rate. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Trump tax plan. But they said, but, but you can't put collectible gold in your IRA. Right, the only gold that you can put in there, you can put gold eagles in there, right? Buffaloes, you can put gold bars in there. They even let you put some foreign stuff in there. You can put in a silver maple leaf, you can put in a Kruger ant, right? You can put in all the bullion you like. They don't care. The second you put in any gold or try to put in any gold that they consider to be a collectible, you can't. Like Gold Star, we use Gold Star to do our eyes. They won't even let us try to put it in there. They'd call us up and say, hey, what are you doing? Can't put uh, $10 liberties in an IRA. Can't put 20s. You can't put states or Indians in your IRA. And you think about, wait a minute, we can put all this other gold in there, but not that. And it kind of leads you to believe what? Well, when we confiscate gold, we want to go right to the IRAs and get it, right? And we want to, you know, we don't want to have to worry about the collectible thing. Now, with a stroke of the pen, the government can change the rules. They can't. Absolutely they can't, right? They may say, hey, we don't care what type of gold it is. We want your your old gold, your new gold, we want your jewelry, we want your teeth, we want, <laughs> right? I mean, we don't know. But all we can do is, hey, you know what, at least with the information that we have, seems logical that this would be a good way to go. And then now you look at today, because of this wacky, thing that we have going and the whole Trump thing has got everything on its side and all the markets are backwards, you can actually buy the older gold for less. So now it really what makes double sense. Today's a, a, a great point. Uh, U.S. $10 liberties. These are the half-ouncers, 1866 to 1907. They're $660. $660. You can't buy a half-ounce gold eagle. If they made a half-ounce bar, which as far as I know they don't, you probably couldn't buy that for that as well. Uh, take the opportunity to put them away at 800-951-0592. Like I said, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. You can buy them sell them, trade them. You don't have to worry about giving out your Social Security number. You don't have to worry about 1099. Uh, U.S. $10 liberties at $660. 800 Get out there and protest. It's the May Day. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday.